Welcome to this podcast of sermons at CUNY United Methodist Church. A reading from Psalm 13. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him. And my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We don't have to worry about AV problems. They happen. <laughs> but they happen together with all of us. We're in a worship series called Through the Valley, and we're going to start with a video. In the solitude of the wilderness, Jesus wandered for 40 days, facing trials and temptations. In our lives, too, we traverse our own wilderness of hardship, grief, temptation, and injustice. This Lent, join us on a journey through the valley. In the midst of our struggles, together we'll learn what it means to express our deepest sorrows and greatest needs to God, to lament in honesty, in community, and in action, because Jesus is both leading the way and walking beside us, even in the darkest valleys. the valley and it's a worship series on lament and we are doing it during Lent Lent is that six weeks before Easter it started last Wednesday on Ash Wednesday so Lent is that before Easter it started last Wednesday as we received ashes on our foreheads and we remembered our mortality Lent is a season that actually began quite on in the church, it was that time when new um, adult converts were preparing for baptism, and they were hearing the stories, and they were being formed in the Christian life, and they were being prayed over, so that on that wonderful celebration of baptism at Easter, they could rejoice fully. After a while, it also became serious sin, public sin and had been excommunicated, sent out of the church, when they would go through a period of repentance, and then at Easter be reconciled and received back into the church. Well, after a while, we all joined. We all joined with the new folks, looking forward to the joy of Easter and being welcomed in baptism, and the folks repenting, spending six weeks in repentance and then remembering the mercy of God at Easter. Lent is 40 days. It's 40 days like the 40 days that Noah um, and the ark floated on the water, like the 40 years that the Israelites wandered the desert, like the 40 days that Jesus fasted and prayed in the wilderness. So Lent is 40 days, and then Easter is 50 days. 
50 days of celebrating that God conquered death. 50 days of celebrating that mercy and forgiveness come easy for God. 50 days of celebrating that we are accepted and loved and valued. 50 days of celebrating that God conquers the darkness. 50 days of celebrating that God is God. Lent and Easter are like two steps in the same dance. In Lent, we are mindful of death and sorrow and sin. And in Easter, we are mindful of light and joy and life. And so we are spending these six weeks in Lent on lament. And today, we're going to talk about why, why lament. And so right now, think of a time when you really needed to lament. When you were filled with sorrow and grief and you just needed to spill it out. It was almost four years ago that COVID arrived and it felt like the world needed to lament. I know I did. The whole world went into lockdown. Do you remember that time? Do you remember before, when it was early on? Before we knew what this virus really was like, we knew it was contagious. We knew the hospitals were filling up. We knew people were dying at an alarming rate. And do you remember at first when we went into lockdown, we weren't trying to, to stop the spread. We were trying to slow it down so the hospitals wouldn't collapse. A physician friend of mine said, what we're doing is ensuring there are no preventable deaths. Some people will die no matter what, but some people can be saved. And we're trying to preserve the hospital system so there are no preventable deaths. And so we stayed home. And people cooked, and they tried out sourdough for the first time in their lives. <laughs> their home office and they set up their home school and we watched TV and we figured out Zoom and we lived on social media and the restaurants closed and the coffee shops closed and the movie theaters closed. Church went virtual. Four of my five young adult children lost their jobs. The streets were empty. At the time time at Corpus Christi, a day shelter for the homeless. So I was an essential worker in that capacity. And driving downtown was eerie. There, the streets were empty. And then I saw photos of busy places in the world that were empty. Like the New York subway, normally packed with people, empty. Or the Vatican City, on a Sunday when the Pope would do a blessing over the huge crowds, empty. Or an L.A. freeway that looked an awful lot like the freeway in Boise, empty. It was like the whole world, we were holding our breath. And we were wondering how bad would this be? How many would die? I was thinking, would, would anyone I know die? When would I be able to get within six feet of my young adult children again? 
Would there be preventable deaths? Would the hospital system get overwhelmed? Back then, we didn't know. More than once, I was exposed to COVID and spent two weeks living in in our RV trailer, isolating to protect my family. And it was hard on me, but it was really hard on healthcare workers who didn't have to spend 10 weeks protecting their family, spent months like this physician who lived in his garage to protect his elderly parents who lived with him. We were isolated. We were alone, we were afraid, and we were waiting. We were waiting for God's deliverance. We didn't know where this was going. Was it going to be terrible? Was it going to be okay? We just didn't know. And we thought, where are you, God? That was a time of lament, a time of of sorrow and grief called out to God. And then in that calling out to God, I started seeing I started seeing the empty streets differently. I started seeing them not as an emptiness from a terrible threat, but I saw the streets as the entire world mobilizing together to protect each other. All of us We're isolating to protect our neighbors or to protect our neighbor's grandparents. It was all of humanity taking care of each other. And God heard our prayers. God guided brilliant researchers to learn about this virus, to develop new treatments, new effective treatments. The COVID vaccine was the fastest, most effective vaccine ever developed in human history. God heard our prayers. The hospital system did not collapse. There were few preventable deaths. Lament is bringing our grief and our sorrow to God in honest prayer. During the lockdown, Dr. Glenn uh, Pickiam wrote an article about lament when the streets were empty and the hospitals were full. And he talked about the difference between lament and complaint. Because we often uh, use the words interchangeably, lament and complaint, but biblically they're quite different. We hear about in the wilderness, the Israelites complained against God. They'd been, slaved from sa- they'd been saved from slavery. God had led them out of slavery. And then in the wilderness, they said, well, you know, yeah, they killed our children, but back there was onions and fish. They were complaining against God. They were assuming the worst about God. God just brought us out here to kill us. They put God on trial. That was complaint. Complaint is an accusation against God that maligns God's character. Lament is different. Lament is an appeal to God based on confidence in God's character. In Psalm 13, It is a psalm of lament, of bringing our grief and sorrow to God in honest prayer. Lament is actually proof of our relationship with God. Because in the psalms, lament is always made along with confidence in God's loving response. How long will you hide your face from me? But I trust in your unfailing love. Day after day, I have sorrow in my heart. 
my heart rejoices in my salvation, in your salvation. Lament is proof of our relationship with God, is a pathway to our connection with God. In the Psalms, there is this honest crying out of sorrow and grief. But it's not griping, it's not venting, it's always with confidence in God's response. Babies only cry when they are confident about a loving response. And we are the same. Our lament is an expression of our connection to God. God responds, God cares for us, God hears us. Lament is bringing our grief and sorrow to God in honest prayer. Lament is a prayer for God to act. There is always a petition, always a prayer with a call to action in the Psalms. Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes. Four years ago, when the whole world was at home, I cried out to God with some specific prayers, some specific petitions. And as much as I hated the lockdown and I can't stand masks, that's actually not what my petitions were. My petitions were, don't let my family die. Don't let my friends die. Protect the hospitals. Protect the healthcare workers, their bodies, their minds, their souls. Protect me. Lord, get us through this. And just to be clear, Lord, I want there to be a lot of us on the other side. Lament is bringing our grief and our sorrow to God in honest prayer. Lament is participation in in the pain of others. God did get us through it. No one in my family died. No, none of my very closest friends died. But not all of us can say that. There are people I know who died. There are members of this church who had loved ones die of COVID. And so we lament in solidarity with you. Lament is not only about our suffering. It's solidarity with the suffering of others. And when we allow their pain to become our pain, it becomes the substance of our prayer. And that's exactly what Jesus did for us. Jesus prayed with us in solidarity, taking our pain and our suffering as his own. He died a shameful, vile death on the cross. And he prayed in solidarity, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's the first line of Psalm 22. Jesus' prayer in solidarity with the many other Jewish martyrs of the first century. Lament is bringing our grief and sorrow to God in honest prayer. Lament is a movement. The Psalms are a movement from that grief and sorrow to trust. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. So we begin with lament, bringing our sorrow and our grief to God in honest prayer. Some of us have been told that it's not okay actually to lament, that all of our prayers should be gratitude and praise to God. And if you've been told that, 
I'd like to tell you, I think if it was okay for the psalmist, it's okay for us to lament. Some of us have been told that when we follow God, all of our suffering will be over. That following God means delivery from from hardship and tragedy. Well, Jesus, in the Gospel of John, chapter 16, verse 33, said, In the world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. The promise of Christian faith is that Jesus, that God will always be with us. That God will always be with us in the hardship. And that even tragedy, even death are not the end. Lament is bringing our grief and sorrow to God in honest prayer. Lament connects us to God and it is a spiritual practice. Lent is a time of intentionally building up our spiritual practices of prayer and fasting and almsgiving, of reading and studying God's word. It is a time of changing something in our daily habits that needs changed. And Lent gives us six weeks to build up our spiritual practices, those habits of connection to God. Some people give things up for Lent, like they give up chocolate or they give up sweets. One year, my family gave up fast food. We had developed a fast food habit that was not healthy for us or God's creation. And so for Lent, we gave up fast food. Some people give up activities that draw them away from connection to God. For some people, that is social media or doom scrolling late at night or smoking. Some people take up new spiritual disciplines at Lent, like committing to a practice of daily prayer or Sunday worship every week or daily scripture reading. Some people use their Lenten discipline in that solidarity, in an act of solidarity. One year, my family, uh, we took our grocery budget and got it within the budget of a family living on food stamps and then took the extra and donated it to charity. Join our house. (laughs) So I encourage you, to take advantage of Lent, of these six weeks, to grow in your connection to God, to lament, to pray, to fast, to give alms, to take up a new spiritual discipline and do it well for six weeks and then see how it changes you so that when Easter arrives and we have 50 days of celebrating, you join the psalmist who says, my heart rejoices in your salvation. Would you pray with me? Lord God, in these 40 days of Lent, Lord, help us to be honest with you about our sorrow and our grief. Lord, bring us closer to others who sorrow and who have sorrow and grief. Lord, help us notice that in connection to you, that sorrow and grief is not the end, that you are bigger than all of that, and that you are strong enough for our deepest pain. 
We ask this in the name of Christ, the crucified one. Amen. Thanks for listening. This podcast is preached almost always by our pastor, Reverend Mia Crossway. CUNA United Methodist Church is a community on a mission to make disciples for the transformation of the world. To support this podcast and the missional priorities of this church, go to cunaumc.org and click on Give. Any amount helps. And if you're kind enough to share your contact information with us, we'll continually send you things.